This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, Pajas Pinchas. We're in the three weeks. So we need a little chizik in the three weeks. Pajas Pinchas has a lot of chizik in it. But I want to say over something from Rilly Milk, Biederman. He says, no, he says the following. He says, Pajas Pinchas, we count. And Ruvain Bechoy Yisrael Shani Pesach Hey Ruvain Bechoy Yisrael B'nei Ruvain Chanoich Mishpachas Chanoichi and Falu Mishpachas Hapalui and Pesach says Uvenei Falu Eliav. He translates the name Palu like Plia, like things that happen to a person that he's not expecting, not always good. It's not always good, he says. Ubenei palu, especially in the three weeks, and we go through hard times. Mitzvah, these three weeks we shouldn't have to, but ubenei palua, palu, Eliav. that a person should know. For the actual pasuk says, and the children of palu, the son of palu was Eliav. He says no. He says ubenei palu, sorry, ubenei palu, is to teach us Eliav, that even when you're going through hard times, Eliav, my God is my father. That's what he's saying over here. Paolo, when you're going through hard times, plea, things are happening to you that are plea. Eliav, Eliav, HaKash Baruch Hu is my father. Okay. So, very fascinating. You know, people think that volume, like, like if you have a lot of money, then you're matzliach. If you have a lot of children, then you're matzliach. A lot of people have a lot of money, they're very unhappy. A lot of people have very little money. They're very happy. Very happy. We're happy every day that they, they have their food and whatever it is. And then you have people have so many nechassim. Well, they walk around all day long. What am I going to do? I'm going to lose this, my deal, my this, my that. I was just telling someone this week. He was telling me he's all nervous in five years, doesn't know, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, first of all, how are you going to live five minutes? What do you want about five years from now? Ha! Let's start to laugh. And people worry about um, they worry about that the future. And, uh, I forgot the Gemara exactly. The Gemara talks about these two people. They were walking, they were talking, they were deciding. I don't know, they were making a suuda or something like that, whatever it was. And he's like, You're dying tomorrow morning? And you're busy with trying to figure out what's going to be tomorrow night? He was laughing. So I said, You worry about in five years what's going to happen? Five years? Who knows what's going to be in five years? What are you worried about? And whatever I'm going to do, he's going to do anyway. So it's not up to you. Not just not clicking right to Miyadi. So he brings a Nayridika proof. This week's parsha. Amazing proof. Let's go back to Pajva Yigash. Pajva Yigash and Bereshis and Klaisro came down to Mitzrayim. Okay? In Pasigutas, Parak Memvov. Says the following: Bnei Rachel, Eshes Yaakov, the children of Rachel, the main wife of Yaakov. Rashi says, because we know Rachel was Yaakov's wife. Why does it say Eshes Yaakov? So Rashi says, Eshes. By Leah doesn't say Eshes. By Zilpa and, and Bila doesn't say Eshes. She was the the foundation of the house, right? Bnei Rachel, Eshes Yaakov, Yosef, Ubin Yamin. 
with Yosef and Yomim, right? So the Torah says, Weibol Yosef and Yomim, Shiyodol, it doesn't really that. Weibol Yosef and Yomim, Shiyodol, Yosef, Baspoit, Tifer, Akoyin, Oyin, as Menashe and Ephraim, Yosef had two children, and Menashe and Ephraim, Umenei Ben Yomim, how many children did Ben Yomim have? You know? How many children did Ben Yomim have? Ten. Ten children. Bella, Becher, Ashbel, Gera, Naman, Echi, the Rosh, Mupim, the Chupim, the Erd. Okay? He had ten children. Uvenei Don, Chushim. Don was the only one mentioned here that only had one kid. Naftali had Yachzal Guni Yetzirishilem. Right? Don had Chushim, he had one child, and that child was death. She had one special needs child. So what's going to be already from him? <laughs> right, one guy, the young man, has ten kids. So if each kid has five children, it's 50 grandchildren. Each one has five children, it's 250 great-grandchildren. Each one has five, ah, by the fourth generation, who knows how many kids there are. Right? Pashas Pinchas. Azoi Zokt Pashas Pinchas. You ready? It's counting the Jews. First it counts Binyamin, Pasik Lam and Ches. B'nei Binyamin, the Mishpachaisam. Go through everybody. Bela, Ashbel, Chiram, Shfufam, Chufam, Bela, Ered, Naman, Ardi. Ela, B'nei Binyamin, the Mishpachaisam. Now we're, we're talking about Pasha Pinchas, right? We're counting the Jews because 24,000 died. So when sheep are attacked by, by a wolf, Right? You can, you recount to see how many sheep you have left. So that's why we're counting him. So the final count of Binyamin is Fugudeyam Khamisha Rabam Ella, forty five thousand Vishesh Mayas, forty five thousand six hundred from ten kids. Right after that. Ela Bene Dan Call right? One child. One child. Zok Rashi, who's this Shucham? He didn't have Shucham, he had Chushim. Right? Who's this Chushim? Zok Rashi, who's Shucham? Who Chushim? That's him. So, there's one kid that he had that was that was a special needs child. Call Mishchaisa Shuchami, the Homish Bacha of this one child. Special needs child because they have Abal Vishishim Abba Abba Meos 64,400. So, so, so Don, who had Chushim, by the time they counted, had 64,400. And Benyamin, who had 10 children, was only 45,600. So, from one child came many, many more than from 10. So, this is your Chizuk. And that's why. Binyamin, and first they say Binyamin, and right after that they say done. To tell us, you think, you only had one child, ah, what's going to be with him? He's death, I don't know if he's going to get a shedach, I don't know. How many kids are going to come from him already? Says the Torah, 64,000. And he's only 45,000. So he's, he's only two-thirds. Binyamin's only two-thirds of, 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 of done from one kid. Don't judge by numbers. You're not doing so well. You think you're not doing so well? 
You can't see what's going to be in ten generations. You can't see what's going to be in five generations. You can't see what's going to be in four generations, three generations. It's a very big chizik. In this week's Pasha, for the three weeks, people will go around, I have one kid, I got married late, what's going to be? My friends have ten kids married already. It doesn't go that way. One disabled child, deaf child, and he has in Pasha Pinchas already, and you can imagine, if he had 64,000 against 45,000, the next generation, it just continues that way. He's probably born deaf, no? He was born deaf, yeah. He's the one who killed Esav because he couldn't hear Esav speaking. He couldn't understand what he was saying. Right. He chopped his head off. Not posh it. What a chizik for, for, for disabled kids. I have to use this. What a chizik for One disabled kid had two third more, had, had, had a third more children, Mishmacha, than Binyamin who had the most. Binyamin had ten. He had the most. He had the most children. The least had a third more than the most. For people out there that you're listening, don't give up because you got married late. I don't have so many kids. I don't have so much money. I don't have such a big house. That's just 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 looking at the situation right now. So from Vayigash to Pinchas, look what happened. One became so many, and ten was normal. Actually, I think that Dun was the second biggest of all the Shvatim. Let's take a look for a second. Yehuda had yeah. Yehuda had seventy six thousand. He was number two. God had forty thousand five hundred. Zulan had sixty thousand five hundred. Yeah, he was number two. Number two from one deaf kid. Don't worry, everybody. Don't look at what's going on right now. You don't know what's going to happen later. Oh, that's a chizik for the three weeks. Okay, let's go back. I can't get out of Pasha's Balak. So much stuff in Pasha's Balak. I can't get out of Pasha's Balak. I want to go back to Pasha's Balak for a couple of minutes. I gave a share on uh, on Monday up in the mountains. So you, most of you heard some of it. But there's a piece I want to talk about. It says the following. So, Hashem comes to Bilam at night. If they came to get you, go with them. But whatever I'm going to tell you to say, you need to say. He, he saddles his own donkey like Yitzchak. He was very excited about doing this Avera. When Hashem became angry that he went, we all asked the Kasha, why are you angry? You told him we could go. We just say what you're supposed to say. We went crazy over a Rashi. We went crazy over a Rashi that I repeated. So why did Hashem get angry? Very beautiful I saw this week. That Hashem said, listen, it's a business deal, because he said, even if you give me a house full of silver and gold, I wouldn't go, but if you give me two, I will. So Hashem said, listen, I understand it's a business deal, even though you're going against my word. I understand, you have a timer for money. Okay, go make yourself some money. But when he got up in the morning and he, and he, settled, and he, and he settled the donkey himself, Hashem said, he's not going without the money, because the money he could have gotten up until one afternoon and done it and got paid. 
He got up early in the morning. He's not getting up for the money. He's getting up for the hatred of Klai Yisrael. That's why he's getting up. Nah, that wasn't the deal. The deal is I was letting you go to make money. But this is not about money. In fact, the Chidot says that, that Bilam knew that the minute he cursed Klai Yisrael, he would die on the spot. It was worth it for him, he said. I'm, it's worth it for me to... He hated us so much. It was worth it for him to die by cursing us. So that Hashem saw. Oh, Okay, so 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 I, I I said I said on Monday I said you see the hatred this Russia Bilam who slept with his own donkey as his wife I just saw the measure said that he married the night before she said I'm always there for you it was the night before he actually slept with his donkey as a wife right you, you can't get lower than this you just can't get lower than this and Rashi says that the Malach came with Satan light to block him. And we went crazy last week on this Rashi. Malach Sharachamim Haya. Balaturim says it was Gavriel. It's the, it's the Gematria of Gavriel. And I saw today in the Chidah, he says it's Michal. Whatever it is, it was, it was a big Malach. In fact, it was one of our Malachim, right? And he wanted to hold him back. from That he shouldn't sin and be lost. So without describing any specific organizations, somebody came up to me and said, after my share on Monday, he said, well, you see, uh, we, we here I want to talk about how you have to treat kids and you have to love kids and you have to open up. It sounds like, sounds like you agree with some organizations that allow, you know, you should buy your kids' trafe, you should buy your kids' jeans, you should do all, do all this stuff. But you see from here that a Baruch Hu does not want the worst Russia in the world to sin. Because if he sins, he's going to be lost. So surely, if Hashem created a Malach of Rachamim to stop the lowest guy, the worst guy in the world from sinning, because Hashem doesn't want that Neshama to be lost, it's hard, it's hard to understand. Hashem should have wanted him to sin so that he should die, and he should be punished, and he should be off the world, right? So, Rashi, no, Hashem doesn't want any of his Briyas to sin. Why doesn't he want to sin? Because it's against Hashem? No, because of Yavu, because he's going to have to pay a big price for it. So, surely, we, we're not supposed to, we're supposed to love our kids, and we're supposed to help our kids, and we're supposed to do whatever we can for our kids, and we're going to talk about the Rachamim and, and the, that Hashem has for us. But it's mashma from here that the Rachamim, Everyone thinks that 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 this this the the, the, the parenting this twisted parenting right. So I one hundred percent agree. I agree with the people from twisted parenting, and I agree with Rabbi Y Y Jacobson. I agree with everyone that we have to give our children the utmost love. That's the generation. That's not only this generation. Everyone think, oh, this generation you have to. You always had to. Always have to give give your children love and and understanding. One hundred percent. On the other hand, the, till the point of helping them sin, helping them sin, you see that rachamim, because Rashi is using the lotion mal, malchei rachamim. That what is the what is real rachamim? Look at Rashi. What is real rachamim? Malach shel rachamim hoya v'hayroitzlim noya melachtoi. Hashem created a sent a malach of rachamim. What's rachamim? Stopping. Them from sinning, that they shouldn't sin and be lost. So we see from Rashi, 
Rashi says the true love and the true rachamim that we can give somebody and the true love that we can give somebody is to help them not to sin so they shouldn't be lost. It's not Rabbi Wallstein. I'm not saying this. It's a Rashi that's saying this. And it's an amazing Rashi. Because you're talking about Bilam. You're not talking about a Jewish Hashemah. So not the worst piece of garbage in the world. He was the lowest. He was the one that got up in the morning to curse Christ. He was willing to die to curse us. So you 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 see that Rashi's and the Torahs look at Rachamim is stopping someone from not helping someone sin, but stopping them from sinning. It didn't work because he didn't see, as we said last week, because he didn't see the Malach. So why did you create the Malach if he can't see it? And the answer is that Hashem created the Malach. You, you still have to do something. You still have to see the Malach. And, and that's what he said when the Malach said to him, I'm here and I'm standing in front of you, right? So he said, My sin was, right, that I blamed the Asain. I hit the Asain, right? Which means that I thought my donkey wasn't listening to me. That I didn't see the Malach, that I didn't see that it was from Hashem that this was happening. That's the biggest that every person can do. In other words, the, the hate was that I didn't see the Malach, that I didn't see that it was from Hashem. That I'm busy, that my, my, my deal went bad, my, my, my business is going sour, I'm busy. I made the wrong investment, I shouldn't have trusted him, I didn't study it enough. I made the wrong shidduch. I, I didn't check it out enough. That's chatasi. What are you hitting the sign? It's not the sign. Everything's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He said, the chatasi is that I didn't see you, that I didn't see that it was from you, Hashem. I didn't see the malach. I didn't see that you created a malach of Rachamim to try to help me. I was so orangutan. I was so into my Avera. I was so into my time. I was so into what I had to do that here you put this guy in front of me, my, my stupid donkey saw him, Right? Because my donkey wasn't busy with my type of cursing from. He was just doing his job. So he saw the Malach. But I was so orangutan in my movies and whatever whatever the person's orangutan in, that, that even though Hashem, I missed this movie. I went tomorrow to the next one. I, something happened to stop me from doing this Avera, and it doesn't matter. I, I, I didn't see it. And altogether in life, that I don't see the Malach. I don't see, I don't see Hashem's Yad. I don't see his hand. Okay, so I thought last week, this is the most amazing Rashi. Showing Hashem's love for the lowest being in the world, Allah has come become for sure he loves us on a whole different level. But then I saw another Rashi that trumped this Rashi. And the other Rashi says the following. This just shows you who God is. Everyone thinks God is punishing, yelling, hard, me, mean. He's so loving, it's not normal. I want to tell you another Rashi. The Rashi says the following. No, it's a Yalkut Shimoni, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's a la- oh, Rashi. Let me see. Um is Kanti. No, it's a Yalkut. Listen to this Yalkut. Yalkut says the following. So, so he said, why did you hit me three times? So he answered him, you embarrassed me. He didn't embarrass him because he said, you, he, the, 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 the Chamor said to Bilam, you are going to kill the whole nation of Kaisra with your mouth. Curse them. So why did you hit me these three times? He said, because if I would have had a sword, I would have killed you. Right? Very interesting, very deep medrash, not for tonight. 
how can we, what does it mean if I would have had a sword? And if I would have had a boulder, I would have, if I would have had a boulder, I would have crushed your head. And if I would have had a bow and arrow, I would have shot an arrow into your heart. What, what did he say that? He said, because he had a sword, and the Malach took his sword. The Malach that was holding the sword, where did he get the sword from? It was Bilam's sword. The famous sword that this week Pinchas killed him, was a sword of snakes, it was called. It's a very deep whole story, but the way to kill the enemy is to use his weapon against him. So the Malach had the sword. So he said, if I would have had my sword, like, why don't you have your sword? What does it mean? If I would have had my sword, I would have killed you. So where's your sword? So I saw a medrash that says that the Malach took his sword. So, because you, you can, the enemy has to be destroyed with his own weapon. Pinchas wanted to kill, this week's Pasha, Pinchas wanted to kill Bilam when he was flying around. So he wanted to kill him with the tits. Kodesh Lashem. And Maisha Rabbeinu said, if you kill him with the tits, then the dark side is going to get the, some of the Kedusha from the tits that kills him. You have to kill him with his own sword. It's called the sword of snakes. And when he chopped his head off, he turned into a million different little snakes. So, so, um, so he, the, the, the Usain, the donkey, embarrassed him. He said, one second, you're going to curse Klai Yisrael? You're going to destroy whole nation? And me, you need a sword? Why you just curse me? You have the power of the mouth. Why don't you just curse me? Very, very beautiful. Why did the Malach take a sword to, kill, to, to block him? The Malach could kill him with, doesn't need a sword. It's made out of fire. What you, you a sword? A human thing? So he was saying to Bilam that you're trying to use our power, which is the power of the mouth, Moshe Beinu Tefillah, right? You're trying to use that to kill us, so then we have a right to use your power, Esau, we know, right? Live by the Cherev. So you, you're, you're supposed to, right? That was the bracha he got. Oh, you want to use our power? We'll use your power. Anyway, listen to this Yalkut. It's mind-boggling. It makes this Rashi... After he says this, he doesn't talk anymore, the donkey. What happened to him? Since the donkey was able to speak, he died. Why did he die? So one reason brought down is that he would have become an Avaidu Zara. Okay, a lot of things have become Avaidu Zara. A talking donkey, everybody would bow down to it, right? But he says differently. That the, the people should not say, Zushadibra, the donkey that spoke. So also Russia, because Baruch Hu was sensitive. You hear this? The for the honor of this low life. Why? Shleyimru, people shouldn't walk around and point to the donkey and say, "Zushisukas Bilam." This is the animal that gave Bilam Moser. So Hashem felt bad that people are going to be pointing at the donkey and say, "Oh, look." Check out that donkey. That's the one that made fun of Bilam. Hashem was worried about his feelings. That's crazy. And he brings down Pasukin Vayikra. If a woman, a, a woman has relations, physical relations with an animal, 
the halacha is she has to die and the animal has to die. Why? Why does the animal have to die? The animal didn't do anything. It's an animal. It has no das. Because we don't want that people should walk around and say, you know why she died? Because she slept with that animal. So as long as that animal's around, people are going to be pointing to it and talking about her Avera. So even though she did bestiality, which is the lowest level that a human being can be immoral, you can't get lower than that. And I would say, if I was the rabbi of the town, I would say, let the animal live. Everybody should see that animal. Everybody should see what she did. Everybody should learn a lesson. She was put to death. That's why she was put to death. This animal will stop all the people from doing the same Avera. That's what I would say. Good. Let him walk around. Let everyone say, look what happens to a person who messes with an animal. That's what I would say. So the Kaj Baruch Hu killed the animal. She did something wrong. She has to die. Well, we don't have to make fun of her afterwards. So the Baruch Hu is so sensitive to the covet of, of bad people, of Rishoyim, don't you surely have to be very, very sensitive to the covet of tzaddikim? And therefore, the animal has to be put to death. And therefore, even though Bilam was this Russia, was going to do this terrible thing. And Hashem told him not to go. And he went. That animal would have been a great lesson. Look what Hashem created! He thinks he has the power of the mouth. Even an animal has the power of the mouth. He's no more than an animal. Wow, it would have been a fantastic Musa. What Musa say for running around? Shem said, Bill's going to get his, but we, we don't have to embarrass him that there's an animal that, uh, you know, criticized him and made fun of him that, you know, why you have to kill me with a sword? You can kill me with your mouth. Who's sensitive to the, to, to the lowest woman and the lowest guy, Bill'm. It's a crazy lesson for us how, how you have to be sensitive not to hurt someone's feelings. Even if you're right! I would think she should, the animal should walk around. Everyone should say, that's what happens to you if you die. No. Kill the animal. Nobody should be talking about her Avera. She paid her price and leave her alone. Godless. So we don't really know what Kirch Baruch is, guys. We don't appreciate who he really is. All right. Just an interesting thing for, you know, there's an organization, Peter, the protection of animals. Now, another thing we need to know about God. The Malach, this is Pliyadika. Pliyadika, everyone has to see this Chida. The Malach says the following to, to, uh, to Bilaam. Why did you hit him three times? I was there. And the awesome saw me. And I got news for you. If if he wouldn't have gone off the derech, I would have I would have killed you and let him live. Zok why is the Malach complaining that he hit the animal three times? Big deal. He's saying to him, why did you hit the animal for three, to- three times? What's wrong with hitting an animal three times? You're on a horse? 
You want to run, you whack him. Right? You hit him with the spurs. So why is the Malach altogether saying, why did you hit him these three times? So he hit an animal three times, no? It's an animal. It's like the chidol. He's right, the animal. Putting the Malach aside, you hit my foot, I'm going to hit you. No, no, the Malach saying to him, why did you hit the animal three times? So you hit the animal three times, why does it bother the Malach? It's an animal, it's a horse. You whip him with your whip. You hit me three times, eh? No, the Malach saying it. Right. It's very simple. Why did you hit him? for three times. At no, the, the Malach saying to Bilam, why did you hit the Asan three times? Right. So we're asking, what does the Malach care if you hit the Asan three times? Who cares if you hit an animal three times? Why does it bother the Malach? He's asking, why did you hit him three yeah. times? You hit him ten times? When you go on a horse, you don't hit him ten times? Twenty times? People are a donkey. You ever see the, uh, the Arabs in Israel when they're carrying the grapes? They're hitting him the whole time. So the Chida. Chida. From here we learn. What it says in, in the Sefer Chasidim. Listen to this, everybody. Anybody who rides a horse, come to the ranch, right? You ride a horse. And he hits him. Right? He hits him, he whips him to make him go. Also to Litanas Adin, he's gonna pay he's gonna pay a big price in Shemayim for it. Brought down from Arisha and Rabbeinu Ephraim. And that's why he yelled at him for hitting the animal. You don't have a right to hit an animal, says the Khidah. If you hit a horse, you're gonna pay for it. It's a horse, it's an animal, Rabbi, he has no feeling that no, no, you can't hit an animal. Not even for the animal, it's for you. You're a person that's hitting an animal. It's not good for you. But he's saying, the So the Malach the Malach was upset. It sounds like he's, he works for people, you know, the animal rights. The Malach was upset. What are you hitting him for? You can't hit an animal for no reason. It's an unbelievable story brought down the Avas Chaim. I, I, I haven't said this story in a very, very long time. It's an amazing story. There was, Elior Navi came to someone's house. And when he traveled in this world, he used to always stop by these people and they gave him a place to sleep and they gave him to eat, whatever it is. And he, he had, a, he, had, he spent the whole Shabbos there, when it was beautiful. And Matzi Shabbos, he was leaving Eliyahu Navi, and he asked the father, the husband, "What can I give you back?" So he said that for the last ten years I have no children, and we want to have a child. So Eliyahu Navi said, "Let me go. Let me take me to the back of the house." So he took him. Zavos Chaim brings this down. He takes him to the back of the house. There's a chicken coop. Chicken coop. He sees that all the chickens, right, they're in this coop, whatever it is. And he says to the man, has anything changed back here? Have you done anything? He said, yeah, 10 years ago, the chickens used to, we used to have a ladder, right? And they would go from the chicken coop into the yard, but then from the yard, you open the door, you left the door open, they were in the house. So my wife decided that she's taking away the ladder. So you know, he said, how long ago did you do that? She said, 10 years. You haven't had children for 10 years. Yes. You know why? Because the baby chicks that were born on top, up there, right, they didn't have a place to go because they couldn't go, there was no ladder. So they would chirp and complain to Hashem. They would chirp that they have nowhere to go. So Hashem said, Mida Kinegamida, you're not treating the baby chicks correctly. You took the ladder away. You're not going to have any more children. So he put the ladder back. You'll see next year you'll have a child. Look, that was Chaim. Next year they had a child. Tzabal Chaim. Even animals. Allah is Kama, but Hitting a person, or embarrassing a person. 
you have to give, if you're giving a din v'cheshbon on a horse, then you're hitting him to make him go. It's on a human being if you don't treat them right. It's a chiddush gadol. Again, listen to what he says. Me, shereichev alasus. Somebody who goes on a horse, umako yisabam agafim, and hits him, asid hu litein esadin. You're going to have to give din. That's a pretty big chiddush coming from the chidol, coming from anyone. Okay? All right. Let's talk a little bit. So I want to tell you over a story that beautiful story that Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson said last week. A very important story about the Lubavitcher Rebbe. About the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He said the following. He said that the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the one that, that the past Lubavitcher Rebbe, so he he, he his father-in-law, which was the Rebbe before him, the sixth Rebbe, was the Rebbe. He had no children. He had, he had no sons. He had a daughter. And and uh, the Rebbe Nachum, the, the last, the last Lubavitcher Rebbe, so he was not the Rebbe at the time. His father-in-law was the Rebbe. And people used to come to see the Rebbe, his father-in-law, and they weren't religious. They weren't Shemitary Mitzvahs. No yarmulke, nothing. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe, he, um, the one that we, that was the last one, the seventh one, he would make them coffee, talk to them, take care of them. The old Hasidim, they were Michal Shabbos, everything. The old Hasidim came to him and said, This is not the way. You have to give, you, if they, they come without a yarmulke and without sitzes and they don't keep Shabbos, you, you can't take care of them. You have to show them that they're doing the wrong thing. You have to, to give them musr. This is not this is not the way you should do things. He didn't know. He said, you know what? Maybe they're right. The Machal Shabbos. You have to tell you have to keep Shabbos. You can't, you can't walk in without a yarmulke. You, you, you have to give respect and then and you have to give them musr. He didn't know what to do. So he went to his father the Rebbe. And he said to them, You know, these guys are Machal Shabbos, everything, and, and I'm being nice to them, but I'm being told that I shouldn't be so nice to them. That I should make them feel bad that they're not, you know, they're not going to change if, if I'm going to be nice to them. And I, I have to ask the Rebbe, what should I do? Should I be nice to them or should I not be nice to them? Should I give them more, sir, or should I just give them a hug? So the Rebbe said something. The Rebbe, the Frieger, the one before him, the sixth, the sixth Rebbe, Rebbe said them the following. He said something beautiful, amazing. He said, Rebbe Yway said this last week, Jacobson. He said, if you go ask a parent... How much do you love your child? A parent would say, it's infinite, there's no boundary. You ask a child, how much you love your daddy? To Shemayim, to Hashem, right? What they're saying is, there's no boundary. Till the furthest I know, what's the furthest I know? Till Hashem. See, so, so when you have one child, your first child, and people ask you, how much do you love your child? You're like, everything I have, everything is my child. He says, then how do you, so he asks Kash, he says, this is about your Rebbe, the, the father-in-law. So then how do you love your next child? If you gave everything, no boundaries to the first child, so you have nothing left. So how do you give to your second child? It's mashma. Then you can have ten children and love each one of them without boundaries. And that's brought down in a, 
in a, uh, I've learned it with you guys, in a Medjushtan Chuma, where Hashem is telling, telling Avram to bring his son. He says, which son? He says, Yechidcha, your only son. He says, I have two only children. Yishmol is the only Tahadran, right? Asher Hafta, the one that you love. He says, I love them both equally. Asher Hafta, Yosef, the one that you love more. And he says to Hashem, what do you mean love more? I don't have enough room in my heart to love them both equally. So what he was saying is, you can give infinite love to each one. He says, but what happens then if that person... So he's, he's giving, there's no boundary in his love for his child, right? So it's, how do you give it to the next one? It seems to be that you're able to give no boundary, which makes no logical sense in the, in the world of volume. If I give you the whole thing, I don't have anything to give the next one. So in a normal world, right, in the three-dimensional world, if I give you 100 pounds and I only have 100 pounds, and that's, my, that's all I have, I can't give you the next one 100 pounds. But it's not, the, it's not in the third dimension. It's in an emotional world. So I can give each one. He says, but then Nebuchadnezzar's people have a special child, Down syndrome, autistic, cancer, whatever they have. So now they got to give that kid, automatically, they give that kid more than the infinite than they gave all the other kids. So there seems to be an infinite in an infinite. In other words, each kid, I'm, giving, I'm like, Tushamayim, Tulashem, that's it. And those are they have, they have a, 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 a child that's special needs, and they're like, past Hashem. It's not past Hashem, but, but so what's going on over here? So the, out the Rebbe, the Rebbe's father-in-law said to him, every Jew, it's beautiful, every Jew is a child of Hashem. So he loves every single Jew infinitely. Infinitely. And he's able to give the infinite love, as we understand from a parent to a child, right? the infinite love to every single Jew. He said, but if you have a Jew from South Dakota who never put on tefillin, Whatever, Davin. We don't know any mitzvahs, Torah mitzvahs. So he's a special needs child. A special needs child gets even more love than a regular child. He says, so he says, he said to the Baba Chirabi, he said, so these, these people who are off the derech, right, you have to give even more love. Not more, sir. You have to give even more love. He said, that was his chinuch to become who he was. To do care for everyone. Who knows nothing? He says, look at them as special needs Jews. And special needs Jews get more attention from Hashem than regular children. Chazak. Chazak. Right? It's mamash chazak. Mamash chazak. So it's very, very beautiful that he said. And, and, and again, I'm going back to the, the, um, I'm going back to the two things that we see from, um, the two things that you see from, Pashas, Pashas um, Balak, that Akash Baruch Hu, number one, he doesn't want you to help people do Averis. Rachamim is that he will even send a Malach to stop you from doing Averis, even if you're the lowest person in the world. And on top of that, he doesn't want anyone talking bad about you after you get, after you, you get your punishment, whatever it is. We see by the Isha who's with an animal, we kill the animal. God forbid anyone should say anything about her again. What do you mean? She just, she did a crazy sin. Let's use her story. Let's put it on Torah anytime. Let's tell the whole world. They should learn a lesson. Look what happened to her. Look what she did. What is it? No, be quiet. Don't say anything. Don't put, kill it. No one should know about it. No one should talk about her. She did her thing. Bilam, let's kill the Hamar. Oh, what do you mean? Hamar, look at it. It's such an unbelievable musha to take Bilam down and make him look like nothing. He deserves to be nothing. He's the lowest in the world. No. Kill the, kill the Hamar. God forbid he shouldn't make fun that I'm the one who gave musha to Bilam. It's not, it's not normal. It's not normal the level that a Baruch Hu's on. 
There was something else that came to me this week, actually after I spoke Monday night, which I think is just an amazing point that we all need to think about in the three weeks and maybe to do Chuvan. So I said last week that the whole the whole parsha is talking about Hakar Satoyev, that it's called Balak, right? And that and, and it's it's all about Hakar Satoyev and that the animal opened his mouth, right? And he said I've always been there for you. Now I'm not there for you. All of a sudden you start hitting me. Hashem is saying to us, I'm always there for you. Now you're having a little bit of a hard time. You're always hitting me. It's a very interesting thing. And Akar Satayv. What's Akar Satayv? Akar Satayv is not appreciation. Akar Satayv is being able to find the good in, the, in what you think is bad. Recognition of, recognition of good, not appreciation of good. That's what Akar Satayv is. Every time in the Torah that Kleistrel came to Moshe Rabbeinu to complain. What did they say? You took us out of Mitzrayim to kill us in the Midbar? You took us out of Mitzrayim that we should die without food in the Midbar? You took us out of Mitzrayim that Amalek should kill us in the Midbar? You took us out of Mitzrayim that we have no water that we should die in the Midbar? They always said the same thing. Nadav Aviru, I mean, Dasav Aviram, right? Dasav Aviram, Pashat Kairach. And who was the biggest, who were the biggest Kafi Toiv in the world? Dothan Avira, Moshe Rabbeinu saved them from the, from the Mitzri, and they went and told on him. They, they were the basis of Kafi Toiv, of, of ingrates. Mishach Moshe Likwe with Dothan Vaviram, Pashat Kairach. Moshe sends to Dothan Vaviram, B'nai Eliyav, the children of Eliyav, Vayayimru, Loynala. They say, we're not going, right? What's your taina? Hamaat, isn't it enough? You took us out of a land of flowing milk and honey, which is Mitzrayim, idiots, right? Let me say it by Midbar. Right? You did it. You did it. You didn't give us. You didn't take us into Israel. So here's here's the thing. Listen to the statement that Klaishol said. It must be seven, eight times in the Torah. You took us out of Mitzrayim to kill us in the Midbar. Let's go to Pasha Shlach. By the, by the Moraglam. Let's take a look. Pasha Shlach. What's the difference between killing us in Mitzrayim or killing us in the Midmar? And why do you bring us here to die by the sword? Our wives, the Tapeno, and our children. It's better for us to go back to Mitzrayim. So here's the, here's the thing. Listen carefully. Everyone who's listening, listen carefully. In the same words that you're saying what Hashem did for you. You took us out of Mitzrayim to kill us in the Midbar. One second. Stop by, you took us out of Mitzrayim. That should be the, great, the greatest Hakar Satov in the world. You, I, we were slaves. Our children were being shechted and Paro was taking a bath in their blood. Every male child that we had, they took our children and threw them in the Nile. 
if you ran out of bricks, they took our kids and they put them in the wall. So now, the first comment you're saying is, you took us out of a him. That's amazing. How could the same person, guys, how could the same person who's saying, you took me out of a trium, you saved me from being an Evan, you saved my children, you saved me everything, you did Kriyas Yamsuf, you did the Ten Makas, you showed the whole world. Miracles are made by the, by the Kriyas Yamsuf, saw more than the biggest Sadiq, the biggest Navi. Right? You blew it out, Rabbi, God, you, you blew it out. How could the same person say, you took me to Mimba to die? If you did all that for me, why would you take me out to the river to die? So, so they're, they're not focusing. They're not focusing. It's coming out of their own mouth that you, you do all this for me, but they're not focusing on that part. They're focusing on, but I don't have water, so you took me here to die. What do you say you took me here to die? You just said you saved my life. It's like a stockbroker. The last stock, the last deal is, is what makes you, you, know, you can make millions of dollars a stockbroker, but if you lost money in the last deal, you're done. He's done. Right? Real estate guy. You make your buildings and buildings. Last building you lost. Finish. I don't want to talk to him again. The guy doesn't know what he's doing. Right? You're as good as your last deal. But in the same lotion, if, you, if they would have just said, you know, I, uh, Moshe Beno, we're in big trouble. We don't have water. Uh, are we going to die in the Midmore? Also, it's not good, right? But when you say you took me out of the I'm like, what do you mean? You just said with your own mouth, I created all these miracles for you. What do you mean you're going to die in the Midmore? Where's that car? It's what I did? You think I would take you out of a trying to kill you? So I had a girl this week. There's a, there's a lot of this going on. Depression and suicide. I, I don't know. There's a lot of this going on. I had this girl this week that she came to my office and, and she wants out. She wants out. She doesn't want to be here anymore. I said, listen to me. If you had no use in this world, you wouldn't be here. People don't understand that. Akash Baruch Hu has no extra. There's not an extra grain of sand on the beach by the ocean. There's not an extra blade of grass. Because if there's something extra or something missing, he's not God. So there's nothing extra. So surely if there's not an extra grain of sand, there's not an extra human being. I said to her, I, I, I can't tell I know you're going through a hard time. And I can't tell you exactly why you're here. I'm not God. I don't know why you're here. But I can tell you that you need to be here. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't have woken up. You could have died of cancer. You could have died in a car accident. You, what? Hashem has, I, I forgot what the Gemara says. It's like, I don't know, 300, a crazy amount of number of ways for a person to die. So the minute you become extra, you're gone. You're not here anymore. The minute you're not needed, the minute there's no reason for you to be here, you're not going to be here. You're much more than a grain of sand. So if you woke up this morning, what your job is, I said to her, I said, so, so your job, and maybe if you need my help, we'll, we'll talk about it together, but your job is to figure out, why am I here? That you're here means that there's a reason that you're here. Or you would have died in your sleep, or you would have had cancer, you would have died this morning, you would have died last night. It's mashma that you need to be here. Now, you don't know why you're here, and you don't think that there's a reason for you to be here. Fine. That's what we have to figure out. We have to figure out what could you give to the world? Why do you think you're here? Whatever that reason is. Whatever. And you know what she said to me? You know what she said to me? I'm here to suffer. So I said, that's what you think you're here for? She said, I'm here to suffer. I said, okay, I don't agree with that, but let's say you're here to suffer. For whatever reason. So I said, let me tell you a story. And Rabbi Elimelech Biederman said this story. 
She says, imagine a guy walks over to you, takes a needle, and sticks it into your hand. You not out, you're gonna turn around and punch him in the head. Right? What are you crazy? What sticking needle in my hand? What are you sugar? Ow, what are you killing me? What are you I'll slam you around, he says. It depends who the person is, but what happens if the person's wearing a white coat and it's the doctor and he's giving you a needle for penicillin? Not only you're not gonna slap him, you're gonna pay a hundred dollars. Or hundred and fifty dollars. So it's not the needle, he said something nairadic. He said it's not the needle. It's the person who's sticking the needle in your arm. So if it's if it's if you think stand that you're going through pain in life, that some person that God is just sticking a needle in your arm, right? You have a right to be angry. But if you understand that the the one that's sticking the needle in your arm is God, right? Then he's not asking you to pay him a hundred dollars for it. But but it's not the needle; it's it's the person behind the needle that causes your reaction of thank you. I'm glad that you gave that to me, or I'm going to beat you up. So he says, so a person who has a muna and understands that everything that happens to him in life, even pain, even you through him, because she said, I'm here to suffer, right? I'm saying, if you understand that the suffering, the pain, but the pain is a needle of medicine, right? And you really have a muna on a kush baruchu, so then, you, then the suffering is really the medicine. And if that's the medicine, then it shouldn't hurt. And guess what? If it's the medicine, and you want to kill yourself, then you're not going to get the medicine anymore. So that would be like the wrong thing to do because it means you need that medicine for your neshama because it's about your neshama. Whatever. And we had this whole discussion, and I said to her, you know, my one of my best therapies in the we have the horse therapy, Baruch Hashem. Um, we're opening up in a very big way now um, this um, this coming Monday. I'm very very excited about it. Whole different. Wow, we finally got it right. I mean, we it, you know it takes time to get everything in the right place, but now. Mitchum is going to be open for uh, until Mashiach comes, but like the horses, everything's everything's great. So now we're back into the agricultural part. So they planted squash and string beans and all this stuff, whatever it is. So that at least shows. I said you can definitely plant, put stuff in the ground, and water it, right? So, so there, there is a reason for you to be in the world. You you can be productive. There's a lot of things you can do to be productive, and I find very much that um, one of the best therapies for for people who are drug addicts or or any situation, any addiction, or anything that they're going through, is that that you have to give them something that they feel accomplished. That drug of the adrenaline of accomplishing something in life is bigger than any other drug. But if they come back from a rehab and they don't have a job, right, they're just going to relapse again. So the most important thing is to give, and it says it, it says in the Hilchus Tzedakah, that the greatest thing you can do for a person is not to give them money, but to give them a job. Not to give them fish, but teach them how to fish. So, so that was uh, that was uh, that was our discussion, and you, you see how Kodesh Baruch really does love us, and he and, and we are each one of and the child. And I said to her, I said I told her this this week that helped a lot. I said, you are the the special needs child. You're in depression and you have anxiety, and we're going to work on it. But you're the special needs child. You, as much as Hashem loves me, He loves you even more, just like a parent. And that's why He's called a Vinu. That's what we call Banamatel Hashem to give us an understanding that we're Hashem's children. And if you're Hashem's children, and every child a person has. You know, I don't know when you ask Hashem how much do you love Klaus? Well, each kid, he can't say till Hashem. Right? I don't know what his level is, whatever. Infinite. Infinite. He loves us infinitely. And the, and, the, and the Jew that's suffering, and the Jew that's the Evion and the Oni, and it says it, it brings it down into Hillim that the one that Hashem listens to more than anyone else is the one that's disabled, that has a disability. But we see from this six passions, the biggest chizik, that the one child born with a disability, born, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't born with a disability. He burnt his tongue. But Chush in the Torah was the one that was born with a disability. Born death. 
The one child that's born with a disability, Hashem shows us that He loves us him more than anyone else, because Benjamin had ten, he only had one, right? Boom, he exploded. Number two, Yehuda's number one, he's number two. From one child. Potential of a person. I told, I told this to her. I had my, I sat there, one child, one person. I said, you, you're one person. Look what happened to her, and you're not deaf. Look what happened to him. Look what happened. The Torah tells us in this week's Pasha, Pasha Pinchas, in the three weeks, you need to know this, everyone needs to know this. From the guy that couldn't, the guy that couldn't hear, the guy that was deaf, the one that was disabled, who probably didn't speak, because if he's deaf, he probably didn't speak well either, right? So he didn't have a cochlear implant, right? So he probably didn't speak well either. And they're probably saying like, Chush, what's going to come from this guy? Second to the biggest shave in Klai Yisrael. Pasha Pinchas. And I don't, after that, must have gotten bigger, 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 bigger. He was always bigger. I mean, whatever. That's a very big chizik for all of us. That, 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 that all of us, that a Baruch Hu gives a very special love to the, to the one that needs it. Okay, let's end. I wrote today... We'll end with this from the Chavetz Chaim. Vene Pali Aliyav. Aliyav, Aliyav. Vene Pali, when you're having politics of things happening to you that, 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 that are very hard to understand, he says a story over, he says a crazy story. He says a story that, that the, um, somebody came to Chazayin Ish and he had three children that were shtickle, um, shtickle sick. Not crazy, not, not death sick, but sick. He said, I understand. I have. Uh, what I should do this to me? I have three children that are sick. The Chazanish said that Midas Hadin, that the Midas Hadin and Shemayim, he was supposed to lose a child. Midas Arachim came and said, what, What's supposed to happen to this one child? Split it into three kids so that no one will die, but each one will be a little bit sick. <laughs> she told him. To understand, to be able to see the needle, who's holding the needle. Yeah, the story he said today, Nayudir. He said, to really, one of your children was supposed to die. The Midas came and said, no, you can't do that. So make three of them a little bit sick. Not, not deathly sick, a little bit sick. He broke it into three. He said, the person has to be able to see that. So he said, that's what, what he said, that this week's parasha, know that the children of the plea of what you're going through is Eliyav, is, is Keliyav, because Baruch was my father. Anyway, I want to end with the Chavetz Chaim. He says like this. Chavetz Chaim says like, there's a story that someone came to, a beautiful story, we'll end with this. A person came to the Chavetz Chaim, how long are we on? Huh? Perfect, we'll finish it exactly one hour. Now you think a story, everybody was listening. Don't turn it off yet, you got to hear this story. Pull the car to the side of the road. Listen to the story. So Chavetz Chaim says a story like this. Somebody came to the Chavetz Chaim, and he said, my learning and my, my learning and my davening, I don't have so much kavana. And the Zohar says that if you don't have kavana by davening and learning, it doesn't, it doesn't get to, it doesn't get to Shemayim. It doesn't make it to Shemayim. I'm very scared, he said, he told the Chavetz Chaim, that my Torah, my Tefillah is not getting to Shemayim. So Chavetz Chaim said, let me tell you a story. He says, before World War II, there was a baker who came to the Chavetz Chaim and said, I don't know what to do anymore. I get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I kill myself, right, to bake bread and rolls. He says, I open up my store. People come in. 
They squeeze the rolls. They squeeze the bread. Is it fresh? Is it crunchy? They're touching my food. And in the end, they don't buy it. They go across the street. He's a nickel cheaper. Right? I'm killing myself. They touch all my food. And they go buy by him. I'm very miyayish. I'm, 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 I'm having a very, very hard time. I, I'm very tzibrochen. Okay, what are you going to do? That's part of the business, right? Then came World War II. Then came the, the, I guess it was World War I, because the Chavetz Chaim was alive. Then came, came World War I, and he came back to the Chavetz Chaim story, and he said, knew how, what's going on. He says, it's amazing. He said, what do you mean it's amazing? It's a war, World War I, it's a war. What do you mean it's amazing? He goes, you don't understand. The Chavetz Chaim, it's a war. During the war, they come into my, everything I bake, they don't touch it, they walk in, they buy it. People are starving. He says, everything I put on the counter is gone in five minutes. Nobody's touching it. No one's smelling it. Boom. Kovatchai says, what's going on? He says, well, during a war, there's no bread. There's no bread. Nobody's smelling or touching it. They're all buying it. So they ridicule everybody. So he said to this person, when he wrote the Zayar, there were Sadiqim, Gedoilim, Echvishayin, whatever. The biggest of the big. So at that time, if you didn't learn Torah and you didn't and you didn't daven, it didn't get to Shemayim. He says, now, when there's such a hunger in the world, he says Hashem will take anything. They don't top it, they don't touch it, they don't check it. They, a tefila? Someone's learning Torah? Lishma? Not Lishma? It makes no difference because now we're in a war. It's the time of the Mashiach. There's, there's, there's a hunger in the world. There's, there's so little Torah. There's so much tumah and internet and garbage that if someone walks into the base of Hashem's not like, well, let's check it out. Did he have kavana? Did he say it slowly? They're like, oh my gosh, someone's davening. Grab it. He says, today, tefillah and Torah, everything's accepted in Shemayim. All our tefillahs and all our Torah should be accepted in Shemayim. We should always understand that you see from 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 Chush and Ben Don that don't don't try to figure out because I got married late because I don't have money because I only have one kid because I only have one kid that's learning whatever it is you see from Pasha's Pinchas that it doesn't matter what you have it matters what's going to be not what is and what's going to be that's up to Akash Baruch Hu. Akash Baruch Hu is truly our father, and he's truly very, very sensitive. And yes, according to Rashi, he very much, the Rachamim that we can have on other Jews is to bring them close, not to help them do Averis, but to help them do mitzvahs, to be the Satan in front of them, to stop them from doing Averis. But as Lababa Chereba learned from his father-in-law, to do it with love, to do it with the same love that you would give a special needs child. Because people who are not Baderach Hashem, they are Hashem's children, and He wants to give them even more attention. He wants us to give them even more attention, because a special needs child is above the infinite love. It's a special, special love. And that love Akash Baruch Hu has for all His children. We will be zaycher that the three weeks should turn into three weeks of Simcha, with the coming of Mashiach, and Harry Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.